0: You're listening to Wholesaling Inc, episode number 1,238.
1: It's just surrounding yourself with the right people, right? You can surround yourself with the wrong people that don't know anything about real estate, that aren't in that industry, and you're going to be doing what they're doing. But if you surround yourself with the right people that are in the space, eventually you're going to get rentals. Eventually you're going to be one of those, right? One of the GOATs.
0: So you've got a pretty healthy bank account. I mean, nothing crazy, but something that is decent. You have a good paying job that you've worked hard at, but you're an entrepreneur at heart. You know that there's something different out there for you. You know that you could do more, you could be of more service while you're able to, while you have energy, while you have enthusiasm, while you have ideas. So you decide to be brave. And you jump into the world of real estate investing. So you start going down the rabbit hole. You start doing research. You start figuring out what path, what strategy, what's the right model for me to follow. And then you discover wholesaling. And then you understand, wow, this is a great way to build a nice, healthy bank account. This is a nice way to build an actual business. This is a nice way to go. And uh, and you can see it. You can see it on the horizon, the goal of owning rental properties and getting cash flow and paying those properties off so that there's no debt and you can keep these properties for forever and build real generational wealth with these properties, you see it all in front of you and you put together a plan and you put together a five-year plan to be able to really start building this up and really doing this business. And then at the end of the five years, you look back and you already have 15 rentals that are paid off. You've got a business that is producing 50, over 50 wholesale deals every single year. You've got a business that is flipping 10 properties a year and just getting started what an incredible vision you have, what an incredible opportunity real estate investing gives you. And that's the story of the gentleman that I have, the incredible real estate investor, real estate entrepreneur that we're going to have deep dive and really understand how he got to where he is in five short years, uh, putting in the work, keeping the discipline, and buying everything, by the way, with cash and not using any Leverage. I'd like to introduce to the podcast from Chicago, Illinois, Abdullah Ghaffar. Abdullah, welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast.
1: I appreciate the intro, man. Appreciate you. Having it's
0: exciting. Me. I mean, listen, just going through. The resume of what you've been able to accomplish in the last five years is absolutely incredible. I think the rest of the time in the podcast, I'm going to just pull apart your story and your techniques and so that other people can follow the path that you're going down because it's absolutely incredible. You've got $10,000 a month in passive income right now from your rentals that you own free and clear. And uh, you've got a business, you've got 10 cold callers, you've got two acquisition managers, you're really not working in the business anymore, you're working on the business. It it wasn't always that way. Uh, You're doing flips, you're doing incredible things. Why did you think that you could do this? Like what inside you made you think that, you know what, I'm going to quit this cushy IT job, you know, that I've had my whole life path going towards that and I'm going to go in a totally different direction. What made you believe that you could do that?
1: Man, as a kid, I was told that the most millionaires are made in real estate. And then, you know, back in 2017, 2018, 19, there was not a lot of people talking about, you know, real estate investing, right? You were one of the first ones that actually spoke about, hey, there's actually a loophole of wholesaling deals, right? Selling paper. And then, you know, with that capital, building generational wealth. So... You know, that really inspired me. And knowing that the most millionaires are made in real estate, I was like, man, I need to leave this cushion and become the 1%, right? Or get into real estate investing and, you know, acquire some assets, right? So, yeah, man, it just took that leap. And uh, yeah, but
0: did you always believe? I mean, there's a saying, right? Be, do, have, right? You got to be that person before you can start taking the action, right? you got to believe that you can accomplish something or you're just not going to take that first step. You're not going to have the courage to be able to do it. And you probably just don't have, it's probably just not in your instincts to be able to do it. You'd be attracted to doing something else with your life. Why are you attracted to building wealth and being a real estate entrepreneur and doing it with real estate?
1: Like I mentioned, you know, the most millionaires i made in this industry and I give all my things to God, you know? I did a lot of, you know, before you get into it, you need to get educated, right? And you know, the education that I received was from your courses. Yeah. So, you know, I give a huge shout out to you, man, for actually Yeah,
0: but were your were your parents like, hey, you could be anything you want, go and do this? Like, were you in a friend group that were like young entrepreneurs in high school? Like, how did you believe that you could just quit everything, drop everything, and become a real estate entrepreneur? So that's what I'm getting to. Maybe I'm asking it
1: silly. Gotcha. Yeah. But. So my father was in uh, real estate. He had a few rentals and everyone around me, like my cousins, they had a few rentals. And, uh, you know, when I went to these uh, real estate uh, meetings, you know, these r- real estate seminars, I saw people there that were talking about uh, generational wealth and acquiring properties. And I was like, man, if these guys could do it. What makes me different, right? I got blood going through my veins. They got blood going through their veins. I'm no different than them, right? I just need to be disciplined and just focus and just get at it, right? So for the first year, two years, starting, you know, when I started wholesaling, I didn't uh, really do any damage, right? I didn't really close my first deal until like eight months in to the business. Yeah. And then even like my first deal, it was like a few thousand dollars, right? But that gave me like that confidence. Hey, I think it was like, I don't know, it was less than $5,000 for sure, right? So that gave me the confidence, like, hey, this is possible. And what these people are talking about, brands talking about, hey, this actually works. Because back then, I didn't have any capital. I was like, I need to build capital before I get into rentals, before I get into acquiring real estate. So yeah, that gave me the opportunity, man. Wholesaling gave me the opportunity to actually achieve all this stuff. And people around me supported me. Like I said, my father, my cousins, and even friends around me that had rentals. It just... Surrounding yourself with the right people, right? You could surround yourself with the wrong people that don't know anything about real estate, that aren't in that industry, and you're going to be doing what they're doing. But if you surround yourself with the right people that are in the space, eventually you're going to get rentals. Eventually you're going to be one of those, right? One of the goats. So it's like yeah, the five people you surround yourself with is like the people that you become, right? So I love it.
0: So what were you doing before? What was your job before?
1: I was in the IT industry. I was a BA, business analyst. So, you know, taking care of uh, clients, stakeholders, dealing with developers, QAs, yeah, it was pretty hectic, you know?
0: And this was just a side business for you?
1: That's right. Yeah. Once I found out about this through YouTube, through your videos, you know, I was like, yo, let's, me and my brother actually came across your videos. And every night what we would do after we would come back from our work, we would just sit in my basement And just watch YouTube videos, right? Yeah. So you came up. We're like, hey, man, let's type in, you know, Brand Daniels, TTP. Let's see what, you know, let's see what he's talking about. And then, yeah, yeah, man, just kept on watching your videos. And you were consistent, too. You would post pretty frequently. So just watching your videos just inspired us, you know? And I was like, yo, we just need to talk to more people. That's what it comes down to, right? And then, like I said, you know, I was like, man, I don't have that much time to talk to people. But what I could do is we could hire people for $4 an hour, Cause I'm worth more than just that price. So we hired multiple people at $4 an hour and just had them talk to people. Cause we, we barely had time. But in the beginning we were talking to people, but eventually came to a point where like, Hey, we need to leverage the cash that we have Yep. for people to talk to people, you know?
0: So. Love it. Yeah. Love it. I call that a level three business. You know, at first it's just you. The second level is you and like a VA that does some like kind of operation management. And then the third level is starting to hire people for lead generation, uh, whether that be through text message marketing or through, you know, picking up the phone and calling people. So how many people did you hire?
1: We had three cold callers in the beginning, and then it just went up from there. You know, how'd you find them? Uh, online.ph. It was like this uh, Philippines website. Yeah, it was uh, that. And then there was like a you know few people we knew. For like one of my friends, he recommended someone through Fiverr or Upwork. You know, so we we got him, and then we took him out that platform, and he did like a different contract between us. It was uh you know, so just finding people through these uh, platforms. You know, PH Fiverr Upwork, and just negotiating their salary, and that's basically how we found him.
0: How do you find good talent?
1: How do you find good talent? You just got to be optimistic. You got to talk to people, right? Just talk to more people. Just You mean interview more people? Interview more people, correct. Yeah. You just need to, you know, figure out what they're good at. And especially when it comes to like these 4 or $5 an hour VAs, you know, English is everything, right? So it's like the pronunciation of words, their accent. So we look for that, right? So the first few VAs that we hired actually had a really bad accent, right? So it was trial and error. So, you know, it wasn't really working out. We were getting a lot of no's and uh, we weren't really getting that many deals. So we had to tweak up our business. We're like, hey, no, we need people to actually speak a little bit more fluent, you know, because we were getting virtual assistants for like $2 an hour, right? That had horrible accents. And then we were like, you know, if we pay assistants a little bit more, three, four, $5 an hour around there, we're going to get better quality people, right? So it's just interviewing $2 an hour people to $5 an hour people and then figuring out the sweet spot. Right. And then once we figure out the sweet spot, we're like, okay, this is working. Let's just, you know, multiply on this, just duplicate this and then just keep going.
0: Love it. I always suggest when you hire somebody uh, that's going to make your calls, a phone prospector that's going to make your calls, that every call over three minutes to audit when they get started at least for the first six weeks, maybe two months. It just depends. But if they get into a conversation that's over three minutes, I want to see what's going on. How can I help them? How can I give them the tools to be better? How do I make them better listeners and to ask better questions, right? Develop that, not make them, develop that in them. And that works out really well. You know, just auditing those calls and making sure that if there is some objection that they can't get over, that I give them the response to it so that they can write it down so that they can use it time and time again. Do you do anything like that? Like, how do you train your VAs so that they're giving you quality leads? Because if you got 10 VAs, that means it's sending you a lot of leads. And one of the risks that you run is, non-quality leads are going to hide all the best leads. And it actually, you know, really slows down your business as opposed to speeds it up. So how do you cut through all that so that you are getting the best leads from your callers?
1: Right. So as of right now, right now that I do have 10 callers, uh, we actually have a certain criteria that we follow and also have a QC, so quality control. So she's the one that's monitoring everything, going, listening to, her, you know, listening to all the calls, making sure, like you mentioned, you know, look at the rebuttals, uh, look at the way they talk, if they have any questions. And what we do, we actually have a scrum meeting. So I took this from the IT industry. So every morning. At 11 o'clock, we have a 10-minute scrum meeting, right? So all our VAs are there, our acquisitions are there, our, you know, TC, our uh, Dispo, everyone's there, the whole team's there, right? So then we're talking to the cold callers, you know, and asking them questions, saying, hey, what kind of issues are you having? What kind of problems are you having? So we have that. But now it's to a point where they just tell, oh, we have a hot lead, we have this lead, that lead, or I'm talking to this, you know? And we, do, we just talk about our leads there that we came across yesterday and then our acquisitions saying, hey, yeah. Like give you an example. Hey, Rose, you brought a great lead. We're gonna make seventy on this lead. That are, you know, just exciting everybody, right? So yeah, just you need that community. You need that communication every morning. They need to feel like they're part of your business. Exactly, exactly. That's what it is. You gotta, and they're family at this point. They're family, right? Like yeah. majority of my virtual assistants now are in uh, Egypt, right? So I actually flew down to Egypt, met my acquisition and you know my callers. Yeah, you know, took them out to eat. We want camels riding to the pyramids, all that
0: stuff, right? So you just need to make them feel like family, right? Incredible. So, I love that. Yeah. So when the leads come in, who takes care of them? So when the cold
1: call leads come in, warm leads, our acquisition takes care of them. And then you know either he's given offers, and if they don't pick up, they just go to the lead manager. The lead manager is following up with the leads. And once they get them on a call, they'll do a live transfer to the acquisition. So it's just like... It's like a sequence, right? It's just like callers bring the leads, acquisition takes control. If they don't pick up or, you know, they're not interested or they're just playing games, just put it back in the follow-up, lead manager just follows up with them
0: and just it's just rinse and repeat. I love it. I love it. And I mentioned it before we started, but you're in Illinois. In Illinois, you need to have a real estate license to wholesale and It's such an advantage. I mean, if you listen, guys, if you're in Illinois and you're doing virtual wholesaling, I get it. You don't want to get your license. You don't want to go through the 90 hours, literally 90 hours of school and take the tests and pass that because you don't like tests or you're bad at tests or you were tired of doing tests. So you never did it after high school or college or whatever else. Do it, do it or hire somebody that has a license on your team because it is such an advantage in Chicago, in Illinois in general, but especially in Chicago, when you have tremendous amount of opportunities, because there's so many properties, you need to be able to do that. I mean, just take that jump and do that. And uh, if you need help, I'll connect you with Abdullah later uh, when he lets us know how we can reach out to him. That's amazing. So, but when you were starting, were all the leads going to you? I mean you had these calls, you're still working your IT job, you get the leads coming in, you do the lead follow-ups at the appointments, or are you just making offers uh over the phone?
1: So yeah, when I first got started, I had cold callers bringing in the warm leads. I wouldn't get to them right away. It would take me like a day, two days. So, you know, I was dragging on these leads because after my job would be, you know, over, I'd come home around five, six o'clock, and then I would get the time to actually call these leads and figure out a you know an offer and all that stuff. Right. And then I figured out, Hey, this is not the efficient way of doing things. I'm actually losing a lot of leads this way. And then I made the move of like, Hey, I need an acquisition. Right. I need someone that is working full-time giving offers. So that's basically what I integrated to the company. So, you know, I, when I started the business, I was like, I got to look at this as a business owner. Right. I don't want to work in the business because everything that I'm hiring out has a price value to it. Right. Cold callers, $4 an hour, lead manager, $6 an hour, acquisition, $8 an hour. I am mean, like I'm worth more than all of these numbers. So I got to think like a business owner and hire out all these positions and oversee the business. So, you know, as an entrepreneur and as a small business owner, I was like, hey, I got to look at it this way, right? And never look at it. Never. I always, from the beginning, I never wanted to work in the business. I always wanted to work on the business, right? So with that mindset, I was like, hey, if I'm building my team, I need to build it like this.
0: Right. How many deals did you do before you started building out your team? I mean, obviously you had your callers, but did you just start with an acquisition manager and just found somebody that was amazing?
1: Yeah, I we trained them, right? They weren't a real acquisition. We had to train them to basically become an acquisition. Um, Yeah, we did a few deals, like less than a dozen deals for sure. You know, it was a few deals. And then once, like, it was like my first deal made me realize, hey, this is real, right? So that's all I needed. I needed that motivation. Okay. I just needed that confidence. Okay. This is real. I just need to put the systems and processes in place to make sure this is an actual company, right? Turn this into a business. So Mm -hmm. it was just that first deal that made me realize, Hey, I need to build a team around this.
0: So amazing. And so did you find them as a virtual acquisition managers as well? Or do they live in town with you?
1: No, they're, they're all overseas. You know, I couldn't really afford anyone in-house, right? Because paying them $20, 30 $40 an hour doesn't make sense, right? So everything that I have, they're all virtual. Every person that I have on my team is all virtual. So from the beginning, I was like, hey, I'm, if I'm hiring anyone out, I'm hiring them overseas and, you know, training them overseas and, you know, training them through Zoom. And yeah, I just want to have them. So work- what do
0: you pay your acquisition managers? Like
1: $8 an hour. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then, do they get? I mean, are they bonused?
1: Yeah, commission. Right, we do have a commission structure, so it's three uh, percent if it's under yeah. a certain amount, and then it all depends. If I'm making a hundred thousand dollars on a fee, I'll take care of them, right? But I give them like a percent sure. flat, you know. And then if you know, if I'm making a good amount of money, if we do great this month, I'll give them an extra bonus, you know, a few hundred dollars here and there, or I might give them five percent on a deal, stuff like that, right? I still. How take- do you,
0: How do you find? really good salespeople that are going to take care of your American property owners for the most part, I would assume that live are they in Egypt as well? Yeah. Every- so how do you, how do you find people that can do a great job closing those deals and they've never set foot in Chicago?
1: Exactly. So like I mentioned, I took that, what I learned in the IT industry or right, the scrum meeting, So I implemented that to my team. So I didn't have that much time. I only had 10 minutes a day, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes a day to talk to my team to motivate them, to give them, you know, some insights and give them scripts and go over, you know, a few rebuttals. And I'm finding rebuttal scripts from you and just putting them all together and just letting them know, hey, this is what it is, right? You guys need to learn this yourself. And I used to, some of the times I used to tell them, hey, watch Brand Daniels videos, watch TTP's videos, right? Yeah. Then, yeah, that's basically what it came down to you know, it's just, I love
0: it this way. Simple business, you know, and, and listen, if they have to have that fire in their belly, you know what I mean? Acquisition managers, listen, you can learn an incredible amount about the sales process. You can learn incredible amount about NLP training and communicating effectively and doing all that. But I am telling you that the people that are just natural communicators, in my opinion, have always been the best. And then you just give them the right tools and give them enough reps and they're gonna be amazing, but they have to have that ignition inside of them. You know what I mean? If they have ignition and you've got you give them enough reps and you put them in with a model or or somebody that has mastered what they're learning, wow, powerful, absolutely powerful. And uh it's incredible that you found somebody at eight dollars an hour in Egypt that was able to do it.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt. It's incredible, yeah. No. It is, man. It's just, uh, I give all my things to God. You know, he put me in a place and he blessed me with all this, right? Without him, I wouldn't be able to do it, right? So just have faith, man. That's what I give everyone that's listening here. You just got to have faith and you just got to mm-hmm. be consistent, right? You just got to ask him. I used to ask him for this, you know? I was like, hey, God, just help me find somebody that could help me, you know, better my company. And then he'll just put the puzzle pieces together. You know, you know? it's just like from one reference to one relationship to another, it just things come together right? Mean, it's just, yeah. I'm a- well,
0: the incredible thing also, I mean, listen, you're building a business, you're doing it right. You know, when, when you take it as people work with you, not for you, you know, when you treat them like family, when you talk to them for 10 or 15 minutes, every single day, when you pour into them, when you give them the right resources, when you really nurture the relationship, you understand that a business, all a business is, is like one person or a couple people have a vision and then they get other people to support that vision, right? Exactly. That's all a business is. Exactly. That's all a business is. Is like some people have a vision and other people want to get involved. And as a leader, you have to make sure that they understand that you are still in this. You are still excited about this business. You still want to support them and recognize them for the, the work that they've done and the incredible opportunities that they've brought into your life and you're bringing into their life. It's incredible. Being a business owner is just incredibly rewarding. It just is. It's the best. I mean, it's just incredible that we can just take something that's in a vision in our head, a belief in our head, and turn it into real life. And then bring other people on board and we're all blessed by it. Yeah. I mean, absolutely incredible. Not only that, but then when you do start making that income and you do replace your income and you do get into this business full time, then all of a sudden you have excess funds that you go out and buy properties cash. Exactly. Why not just go baller, bro? (laughs) Why not just like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Why invest your money into properties? When you could just go and you only live once type of attitude. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. No, I get you, man.
0: It's still generational wealth, right?
1: I don't do this for myself. I do this for my kids and my kids' kids, right? So from the generation. So that's how I've been taught, you know? And yeah, man, it's just you got to make sure the generation's good. But yeah, man, I still like spoil myself here and there, right? You still got to take care of yourself. What do you do?
0: Like, give me something that you spoil yourself with. Because I'm thinking, here's Abdullah, he's making this money, he's living on like $2,000 a month and he's putting it all into these properties and he's building this big, huge portfolio, almost like the rich dad, poor dad story, you know, and his rich dad drives the old rickety truck and he wears, you know, holy pants and whatever. And he doesn't dress all up, but then all of a sudden everything flips and he's like this huge multi, multi, -multi multi-millionaire. But what do you do? What do you, what do you spoil yourself with a little bit?
1: Oh man, just uh, you know, a few things here and there. You know, just you know, I travel a lot, right? So I spoiled myself with that. You know, clothes, jewelry, stuff like that, right? Just basic stuff, man. Nothing too crazy,
0: right? Love it. Good. I think it's important. I always like setting aside for big deals, setting aside like $500 for something, whether it's like a nice meal, like a course out fancy meal or a nice pen or like something goofy, you know, some shoes or something. Uh, I think that that's good. It's it's when you start adding zeros to that bonus that it starts getting a little uh, crazy when you should be buying more assets in my opinion, but you know, it, everybody can live their life. So let's break down a deal. I want to ring this victory bell. Let's break down a deal that you went through. I'm going to pick it all apart, how you found it, what was the situation with the property owner, what you make on it, all of those things. So whatever deal you want to talk about, let's get into it.
1: Gotcha. So let's talk about this uh, six-figure deal I just did. right? So how this happened is there's multiple ways right, to get data. I don't get anything from like batch leads or prop stream, or anything like that, right? I don't focus on niche data. I believe in, you know, quality and quantity. So what I usually do for the quality side of things, I use one guy that I met, Josh, and he basically scrapes fresh data for me, right? So I pick up the whole county records, right? I don't even go niche. I just pick up the whole county. I'll give you an example, like DeKalb County, Cook County. I'll just pick up the whole county and then I'll have... My callers just call and find motivation, right? Anyone that's interested in selling. So quality and quantity, right? Quantity of calls, right? So when I have 10 callers calling, when one caller can make 300 calls, and I got 10 of them now I'm making you know 3,000 plus calls, right? So it's just all about quantity of calls. So Real then, quick,
0: Josh is who? Who is this Josh, mysterious Josh character?
1: Josh, his company is called like Kind Script Tracing. Josh, okay. yeah. If you guys want to find him on Instagram, Josh... I don't know his actual username, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I use him for all my data. I pick up whole counties from him and then, yeah, just give it to my callers and start calling, right? And then some of the best deals I ever found were from picking up counties. Because when you pick up stuff from batch, right? Uh, you pick up, you know, high equity, absentee, Right. You pick up, you know, whatever, 20,000 records, a thousand different wholesalers are picking up the same exact records. So what I realized, I was like, when you call these people, they're saying, hey, stop calling me or, hey, I got a hundred different calls. I'm not selling my property or I already sold my property, right? So you get those type of things. And when I realized that, hey, if I pick up these county records, there's a lot of people, you know, a lot of people that we reach out to that are basically untapped, right? They haven't heard a call before, right? They might just
0: call everybody, call everybody. Right. When you say you're calling the county, you're calling every single house in the county. Exactly. They're not on a specialized list. They're not on driving for dollars. You're just calling through the phone book.
1: Exactly. The whole county. Okay. trying to figure yep. it out. Right. I don't know if that's the most efficient way, but I find some of the best.
0: Not way. not if you're doing it yourself. Right. I mean, definitely focus it down. But if you've got a team, if you got horsepower, like 10 callers, yeah, it's a smart idea.
1: Yeah. Some of the leads that we, you know, some of the closings that we did, I think we did like three or four this year. And it was like... Very low equity, right? They bought it maybe uh, two years, three years ago and, you know, something happened, they want to sell, right? So you won't even find those on a motivated list, right? Until you call them, right. you know, find the motivation yourself. So, you know, stuff like that. And then, yeah, just condo, you know, and then the lead that we found that made us, uh, you know, six figures on, it was their primary residence, a tree fell on it. And then they went to Florida. They're like, hey, we had another place there. So we went to Florida. And one of my callers called them, sent it to the acquisition. And they were thinking about basically demoing the property and selling the land because they knew the land was worth money. But they yeah. knew the property wasn't really worth much because it was, you know, it was a full demo, right? So, you know, my acquisition said, hey, no, you know, we'll buy it as is, right, as we train them. Like, no, it doesn't matter what it is, what condition, you know, if the, if the numbers make sense, we get a good enough offer, you know, we negotiate to where it makes sense for us, lock it up, right? So we locked it up for two twenty-five and we popped it off for three thirty-two. And after all the, you know, closing costs and we double close on this too, right? So after paying all these fees and everything, we made a hundred and two thousand dollars on this deal.
0: Come on, here we go. hundred and two thousand dollars from one conversation so i want to unpack a couple things i assume that when the tree fell on their house they probably did an insurance claim right
1: i'm not sure if they did an insurance claim they just wanted to sell it as is they're old people they're like (laughs) yeah i'm not sure they just wanted to sell it as is
0: typically when that happens they're going to get an insurance check and then they decide, do I want to fix this up or do I not? Do I want to just sell it as is? A lot of people, like with fire damaged properties, they're just like, you know what? I'll just sell it for whatever it's worth right now. I've got my money here. I'm going to put that into another property. So it actually ends up being a win-win-win when some of these things happen. One of these freak accidents happen, like a fire or a tree falling through the roof. Two twenty-five. Is that what they wanted initially?
1: No, they wanted 300000 for the property. Okay. So we went back and forth with the seller. We're like, hey, it needs more work than expected. So we had someone go down there, you know, from like ThumpDack and RabbitTask. You know, we utilize those, those softwares a lot. So we just had someone go down there, take a look at it, take some pictures, send it over to Which us. Which
0: software? Say it again
1: uh, Thumbtack and RabbitTask, those two uh, platforms.
0: And what do they do?
1: You uh, just find someone for like, $50 to a hundred dollars to go down there, take pictures of the properties. You know, if the sellers don't want to, you know, send you pictures, you just utilize those
0: guys, you know, it's for So, I mean, is this driving distance from your house? Like, could you have gone yourself?
1: No, this wasn't actually, you know, we do wholesale nationwide. So this deal was somewhere in Atlanta, yeah. in Atlanta. Yeah.
0: So are you pulling counties all over like the whole country?
1: Yeah, so there's 400 counties in uh, right. America, right? So we're picking up counties like every month, every two months, just picking up different, different counties. And yeah.
0: What does it cost you to pick up a county?
1: It all depends how many records. Uh, so there's smaller counties uh, that cost you know anywhere from two, three thousand dollars, and there's some counties that cost ten thousand dollars, right? Yeah. Well, so all depends on uh, how many records. My guy Josh tells me, hey, this you know we got 75k records here, we got eight hundred thousand records here. So, whatever you tells me, I'm like, okay, whatever it is, just send it over, you know? So, awesome.
0: Yeah. Awesome. And so, then how are you finding your buyers for these? Investor Lift, yeah. Just Investor Lift. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that platform is, does matter. So, me. why didn't you just stay in Chicago? Why are you doing it nationwide? Man, I've seen
1: bigger spreads than nationwide, like the six figure flip. Yeah, my six figure deals. Yeah, man, it's nationwide. Chicago, like the average spread is like 20,000, 22,000, right. you know? But, uh,
0: Yeah, there's more money
1: out in different states, for sure.
0: So you never went to this property? No. Somebody part of your company never went to this property. You went and paid somebody $50 to $100 from Thumbtack or Rabbit Task. By the way, both great, great, great uh, resources to have, especially if you've got a property that needs some pictures or you need somebody to go represent you. You could find somebody that will dress professionally to go and give your offer um, we've done it with mobile notaries to go and get the agreement signed. Awesome! So you're sitting here in your house in Chicago, and you have ten callers that are sitting in their house in Egypt, and you're calling on a house somewhere in Georgia, and you just close a deal for one hundred two thousand dollars. That's right. It's the best business ever, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's the best, man, for sure. It's the best business ever. There are, I am telling you, every single second of every minute of every day, this happens. Yeah. I I mean, it it really does. And I hope this inspires everybody that's listening, everybody that's watching, that you can do this. Exactly. You can absolutely, you are one conversation away from a deal of a lifetime. And it literally happens every second. A deal of a life happens every single second to somebody. And the more people you talk to, the more opportunities you're going to have. To get the deal of a lifetime, I mean, a hundred, two thousand. Were you making that at your IT job? A year,
1: yeah. You know, so this is just one deal, right? So,
0: one deal, yeah. one conversation that you never, you did you ever talk to the property owner?
1: No, my team. Did you
0: talk was, to the buyer?
1: Yeah, talk, my team did. So I, you, I just supervised. You know, I just oversee. My team did. Right, it, I pay him to do this. You know, as I say, I trained them once. You know, we do ten minute scrum meetings. And then every day, like, we talk about deals. Like, I think we have, like, about a quarter million in the pipeline right now. So yeah, it's just, like, we talk about deals. You know, I, like, underwrite these deals myself, too. But now I have my own Dispo, Dispo Assistant, Acquisition, Junior Acquisition. we got Senior Acquisition. So, it's just, like, I'm always hiring. Like, right now, I'm trying yep. to build – I'm trying to get 10 more cold callers. So, I'm trying to have 20 callers. And, and so, now we got to add another acquisition, right? So, we got three acquisitions. We're trying to add another lead manager. And then we already have our Dispo team. So, I'm just trying to expand
0: yeah. Love it. You're incredible. Absolutely incredible. How can people get a hold of you?
1: So you can follow me on Instagram at iHustlebro. And my phone number is 847-791-2210. So you just text me, reach out to me, let's do some deals together. Uh, and if you do have a deal, you could uh, go to my website at homerunequity.com. It's my JV website where we help other wholesalers sell deals. So yeah, just go to my website, submit a deal, and uh, let our team go to work, right? So once you do the first part of the business, right, which is the acquisition side, acquiring the property, locking it up, uh, let our team do the rest. So we basically deal with the buyer, deal with the seller, do the showing, deal with the attorneys, deal with the title company, and basically get you know get us paid, right? So that's what we focus on there.
0: So awesome, guys. We'll put the contact in the show notes. Abdullah, thank you so much for sharing your story. Absolutely incredible. Guys, reach out. This business is, listen, the fundamentals are the same. The way that you go and interpret it, it's almost like art, the way that you can create your own business. But the fundamentals are the same. Step number one, you got to find your tribe. You got to find your community. You got to find the people that are going to support you and surround you and that are doing this and doing it on a high level. Number two, you got to find a model, right? What model are you going to follow? What model can you follow based on your situation? Number three, proof of concept. Do a deal. Get it done. Do a deal. Number four, build consistency so that you can do this full time. And number five, hire incredible talent so that you can pull yourself out of this business and work on filling your pipeline of assets that you can get passive cash flow from. And Abdullah, you've done a picture, perfect. So Thank you. Thank you for being on here. Guys, reach out to them and uh, do some deals and just listen. At the end of the day, it comes down to conversations making offers. And that's what we need to focus on. And and if you start that way on who can I talk to today that I can have a good conversation with and I can make an offer in their property, it starts snowballing and you're going to win. And that's it. That's it for our podcast. If you're interested in joining the most proactive community, the most proactive tribe in real estate investing. It is the Rhino tribe. Go to wholesalinginc.com. Check it out, wholesalinginc.com. Check out all the testimonials. Check out the incredible community, the incredible amount of successful wholesalers from around the country. We've been doing this for 10 years, since 2013. Nobody, nobody has coached more successful real estate wholesalers than Wholesaling Inc. And uh, if it feels good in your gut, Make sure that you sign up for a call and uh, we look forward to working with you and embracing you with open arms into the Rhino tribe. And that's it. I will end this podcast as I always do, encouraging you to go out there and talk to people. Love you guys. See you next time. Bye.